Spirit Catholic Radio, KVSS, we are Catholic Radio for the Christian community. Good morning. Welcome to Spirit Mornings with Bruce McGregor and Chris McGregor. And again, Chris, on this fine Monday morning, we have back with us Mark Hart, Vice President of Life Team. He's authored uh, several books. He's affectionately known as the Bible Geek. <laughs> How are you today? Wonderful. God bless. That's great. Well, I'm looking forward to this Advent. I don't know. There's something special about it, even though it is a little shorter than ones in the past. I absolutely cannot wait. Advent has become it's just become a very, very special time of year, at least in our in our home and our family. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're able to share that with us, and I just think that this is, you know, the best way to celebrate Advent is to really, you know, look at Scripture, really meditate, really think about it, ponder it, Ruminate. chew it up. Chew yep. it up. And just uh, dwell with it, because that's, that's the best way, that's the best gift you can give yourself for Christmas. Abs- you know, it absolutely is. And you know, what, you know what's wonderful is, you know, for everybody, all of us that make those New Year's resolutions to read the Bible more, um, you know, usually we, uh, we put off until January, and then, you know, once New Year's passes, our, our motivation has left us. But if we, start, if we start with the Church New Year, which is Advent, you know, the liturgical year starts over in Advent, if we start in Advent, it's actually, uh, if we, we get a month under our belt, especially when we have a little more time, you know, I mean, we have a little time away from work and that kind of thing. If we start doing those things well before New Year's, I think it, it has a much greater chance of sticking. You bet. It's uh, the ultimate in preparation time. Nothing. There's nothing better to do. All right, well, let's get down to the nuts and bolts of Advent, shall we? Sure. All right. Uh, question, why do we celebrate Advent? What does it mean? And what's it all about? Well, you know, the, 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 the word Advent uh, comes from the Latin, which means the coming or the arrival. Um, and and the, church is, the church teaches us that, that, that Advent really is a, is a wonderful gift. It's really a time of preparation. It's sort of a... Um, Sort of a wake-up call. I think a lot of times uh, we, we, we look so forward to, the, to Christmas Day, yeah. and there's such a frenetic pace, obviously, with getting things ready and you know cooking and cleaning and shopping and all that stuff. Family, but sometimes you know by the time Christmas Day is over and the wrapping papers is you know come is falling out of the, the trash can and everyone just has the belt you know loosen two more things <laughs> on the sofa and there's toys everywhere and you know everyone's just sort of in that holiday you know deer in the headlights you know it's over and everyone's yeah. tired and sometimes we kind of forget that it's a Christmas season. That's right. And um, and the church understands that that it's such an important it's such an important time, uh, and it's it's the, it's the beginning of the church year, but it's such an important time of preparation that that the church doesn't just say, hey, we're just going to set aside this Sunday or this season. We're going to take an entire season to prepare for this season, and and the time of Advent really is is preparation for for Jesus coming, you know, as the baby in the manger. Yes, I mean it it's, it does definitely celebrates that God became man at a certain point in time to come save us from our sins, to teach us how to love, to model holiness, you know, absolutely. But it also celebrates the second coming of Jesus, that Jesus is coming back again. You know, just like we talked about at Christ the King, that he is going to come back in, king, in kingly glory and in power, and in every eye, in every language, and every one is going to see his kingship. So we also celebrate that, that, not, only, that not only that Christ came as a, as, as a man, but that Christ is coming back, you know, to judge the living and the dead. But what's interesting is that sometimes we we will focus too much on the first, you know, like mm-hmm. on just it's baby Jesus' birthday, or we focus so much on the on the other, and that's the end times, and that's you know sort of doomsday, judgment day. A lot of people you know will talk about. But with Saint Ignatius of Loyola, as he, as he always talked about the threefold presence in his spiritual exercises, it was great. Saint Ignatius of Loyola reminded us at one point, it's not just about the coming of of the God Man or the coming of the Judge and Savior. It's about Christ coming into our presence every moment of the day. Mm-hmm. 
And that's really, I think for most of us who have jobs and family and work and trying to find the balance and everything else, I think that, personally, I really believe that's what, not only the church, but that's what, that's what God really wants us to reflect on, too. It's not just the, the penitence and the preparation for his coming again, although that's very important. We, we, we mark that importance. We see the liturgical colors change to purple, which is a penitent color. We see, the, we see the purple candles and the Advent wreath, which, again, is just supposed to remind us to repent, you know, to change our ways, mm-hmm. just like Lent. But it's a different kind of, it's a different kind of penitence. It, it is, it's one of rejoicing. That's why, for instance, in the Advent wreath, that third candle is pink, on the third Sunday, it's, it's Gaudete Sunday, which is the word for rejoice. And they're trying to remind us that, hey, in the midst of all this penitence, you know, don't forget, like, to be joyful. Don't forget to rejoice that God is merciful and that, that you, are, you are so blessed. I am so blessed not only to have God's mercy, but to be among his chosen people. Yeah, I think it's, it's such a special time, too, because uh, unlike Lent, uh, we do have some very, very special uh, solemnity days, like the, the Solemnity of the Immaculate Conception. Absolutely. And, and what, a, what a beautiful time, you know, and, and yeah, it's, it's the old adage, you know, if you ask all the Catholics what's the Immaculate Conception, you know, and, and I think it was something about 70%, wasn't it, or 80% thought it was, you know, think that it's when Jesus is born, conceived. Mm-hmm. You know, and what we really know in the Church is that's actually the conception of Mary. You know, sinless, and you know it's beautiful in, in those kind of, in those solemnities. You know, out out here where I live in Arizona, you know, we, we the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe is huge on the twelfth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. It really, it's such a beautiful time, especially you know now with the new the new nativity movie coming out. It's a beautiful time for us to meditate on what it means to have a, an urgent and fervent desire to follow God. That when I, when I look at Mary and Joseph, that's what I get. Is is total abandonment, total surrender to the will of God. You know, to, to, think about, um, to think about, you know, a Roman emperor saying, it's time for a census. You know, in 1,600 miles away, this couple in their third trimester has to get on a donkey and ride 100 miles. Yeah. Right. That powerful image. But it's a powerful image of surrender. It's a powerful image of trust. And what better things for us to be focusing in on? To be more focused on the will of God, to be more trusting, to surrender more, before we move into the holidays. You know, to, to really remind ourselves of what true discipleship is, and that is that, that God is first, and mm-hmm. that's it. You know, the rest doesn't right. matter. The rest will work itself out. God has to be first. You know, I mean, Bruce and I remember, and I'm sure you do as a, as a young dad there, Mark, with your beautiful wife, that as, like Mary and Joseph, there was a time, I, I have to think, that it took them to prepare for the fact that they, just this enormous mystery that was uh, unfolding in front of them, you know, the fact that Mary would say yes, and then she would conceive this child and bear it, and just the ramifications, and then St. Joseph, after the angel revealed to him in the dream, you know, I can't imagine that all of a sudden, boom, they could understand or absorb it all. It took them a time to prepare themselves. You know, I, um, I even wrote about this in in, uh, in, in my last book. I, there's a, I, did a whole, I did a whole chapter on fear and awe, and I was really talking about just my experience as a young father, you know, bringing home a baby from the hospital, and just being so overcome, not only by the beauty of God and, and by the love of God to, to, to entrust this, these beautiful souls to me as a dad, but also I became, I became overwhelmed with my own unworthiness, mm-hmm. and my own sinfulness. And can you imagine, I mean, when you just stop and put it in the right context, can you imagine how St. Joseph felt? Oh, yeah. Just, I mean, just to be so overwhelmed. I mean, I mean, literally at that point, can you imagine how Satan went after him? to point out all of his misgivings, all of his unworthiness, as righteous as he was, 
you know, I mean, to literally, to be, that he could have been consumed by it if he was not, if he did not trust God. And that really is the, that's the beauty of Advent. It's the tension between the light and the dark. It, and that's why we, that's why when we read the Advent readings, we see these, these constant themes of light coming out. That's why we have the Advent reading, that every week as we get closer to the birth, that we're adding light. It, it's, it's supposed to be this, this physical image, this outward image of the light is overcoming the darkness. As, as now the summer has gone away, the winter's here, the nights have grown longer, that we're reminding ourselves that the dark will never overtake the light. Right. And that, that is, as, we get close, as we draw closer to God, the light just gets brighter. And it's, it's a time for us to look into our souls and do some spiritual house cleaning and to say, what areas of my life, what areas of my soul have become darkened, have become cold? And what can I do to fan that flame? And Advent is a, is a beautiful opportunity. Like you, like you mentioned, Chris, between, this, between taking, really t- entering into the solemnities, between taking any opportunity we can in our houses to vary, vary the rooms in our houses, vary the space, not just putting out the other holiday icons, but putting out specifically Christian icons, specifically Catholic icons, creating a corner or a space in our house that is different, giving, you know, getting, getting out the family Bible, getting, you know, going and buying a stand for it, and giving it a place of primacy. Maybe it's in the middle of the dinner table. Maybe, it's, um, maybe it replaces everything else on an end table or a coffee table. But, but doing things within the house, you know, doing things as a family, that, that literally, that, that signal that something is different, because it is. Yeah. You know, the ordinary time is, is over, and now it, and it's, a new, it's a new opportunity personally, as a family, as community. And that's why the church is so beautiful when, when the, the music changes, the colors change, you know, even the worship changes. And, and to, to signal to us, it's time to wake up. If, if, you've, if you've been hibernating in your spiritual life, just a gentle nudge. It's time to wake up because something amazing is happening. Not, not only something amazing happened 2,000 years ago, something amazing is going to happen again someday when he comes back in glory, but God is Emmanuel. He is God with us, and he's coming into your midst at every moment. And if you've become too too buried in work or stress or other things and too frenetic a pace, if you become too busy to pray, then you're too busy. Right. And it's time to slow down. Yeah. Well, Mark, we've touched on a couple of different things along the way. You talked about different colored candles, and I think we mentioned the Advent wreath. So why don't we touch on what the significance is of these wonderful things like the Advent wreath, the nativity set, the different colors, investments, and so on and so forth, the way the church will be adorned during Advent. You know, every everything. You know, it was once said that the Catholic Church is the Church of Smells and Bells. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, that everything in the Church, everything that that we that we use and have and utilize is, is designed. All creation is designed to point us back to the Creator. Right. And and our churches, I, I'm so thankful for the richness and the beauty of our art and environment in our church. Um, and, and honestly, it's difficult for people. I, I'm, I'm probably borderline ADHD. I, I have a really hard time focusing. You, know, so <laughs> you I, too? <laughs> I go to those beautiful cathedrals and basilicas, and I am just usually so overcome and so swept away by the art and the imagery. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I have, uh, that, that's one of the reasons I read all the readings ahead of time, because if my mind starts to wander, at least I know, I know what's going on. Um, but it really is it's that, 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 that our church says we, need, we, we should use everything, like, like the woman who, um, who, just, who broke the alabaster jar yeah. and poured the, you know, just putting the greatest perfume on the feet of the Lord, that we, that we have a responsibility to give all, to, 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 to give beauty and greatness and to put all, the, all that into the glory of God. And um, just 
so thankful because what the church has really said is, okay, in case you didn't notice that the music changed, pay attention to the colors. And in case you notice that the colors changed, pay attention to the different prayers. And in case you didn't mention that the different prayers changed, then pay attention to, you know, the, the, the vestments, the preaching, the themes, you know. But there's so many things that the church is constantly trying to illuminate every sense. And that's, that's the beauty of God, is that he wants to use everything that he's given us in creation to point back to him, to point us back to him. So literally, you, that we go into Mass, and even more than ever, you know, that, that whether it's the incense, you know, would fill, would fill our, our, you know, our, our noses, and, and the colors would, would, you know, illuminate and animate and dance in front of our eyes, and that the music would, you know, it would grab our ears, and, and that in those moments of communion, we're reaching out in the kiss of peace, and we're reaching out in hospitality, and we're, we're touching, literally touching the body of Christ, you know, and other people, and we're touching the body of Christ in the Eucharist. We're hearing the word of Christ and the word, and we're actually tasting God, the creator of the universe. We're actually consuming God, but more importantly, putting ourselves in a position to let God consume us. Mm. You know, so everything outward, it's outward, it's outward expressions of God. And that's, that's the beauty even of, um, of, of you know, the Annunciation, the visitation, you know, is that the, you know, the visitation is that, you know, as, as Mary's pregnant, as Elizabeth's pregnant, we have this outward, this outward, um, visible example of God's invisible presence in the world, you know, and yeah. that's really what we have. So some people will, might get confused or might kind of say, well, why does it, why do we go to all this, this effort, all this work? It, it's just, it's a visible acknowledgement of God's enduring, unyielding, invisible presence in the world. Yeah, it, it's a it's an amazing time if you can enter into it because over the the next few weeks, as we prepare for Advent, you know, and as you talked about the lights and the imagery of light, it just gets brighter and brighter until in that really in that culmination, I, I think of the shepherds out in the field in the darkness, and all of a sudden this bright light appears to them, and the angels and glory to God in the highest. When we we sing that again at Mass at Christmas. I mean, it, it will all mean so much more if we allow ourselves to enter into it the way the church is designed as opposed to maybe how they would want you to celebrate it on television or out in the, in the shopping malls. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of funny. I think it's unfortunate, uh, as you were just saying, Chris, I think it's unfortunate that, it, it, that I think I'll, non, non-Catholic or non-Christian people, I think, sometimes feel like Catholics or Christians, I think they, they, they have a misunderstanding that we're anti, you know, anti-holiday. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, right. like we're anti-Santa, anti-gifts, anti, you know. And that's just so not the case. It's, it's, it's just so not the case. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> Christ just takes delight and joy in acts of, in acts of charity, in, in, in generosity, in acts of giving. I mean, just it, it, it makes God's heart dance. You know, but, but the, I, I guess what the problem is, is that it, it, are we... Are we Doing those things out of out of the right perspective, out of love. Mm-hmm. You know, are we giving freely of ourselves? You know, and that that's again that's what Advent's about. Is are we giving freely of ourselves? You know, are are we living for God or are we living for the world? You know, what is our motivation? What is our level of commitment? You know, and and who are we doing these things for? You know, are we giving with with no expectation of return? You know, that oftentimes you know we, we fall into the trap of worshiping God for what He does, but not for, just for who He is. And, right. and he really wants to be worshipped for who he is, not not just yeah. Is he our savior? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Is he a healer? Yes. Is he a lover? Yes. But but really for just for who he is, you know. And and Advent gives us this wonderful opportunity to do that. And you know the and candles are, are you know candles are are the sort of the, like the, we almost don't even recognize them in church anymore. You know, mm-hmm. they're just always there. They're part of the liturgical makeup. They're part of the backdrop. They're part of the environment. But if you ever really just 
if you, you know, like in those moments, you know, especially when it's the cold, it's cold winter outside, you know, you're just you're in a dark room, you just light a candle, and there's no lights on, you just watch it. You know, it's just so beautiful how it fills the room, mm-hmm. and it's so peaceful, and there's something so serene. It's not, it's not just a, you know that throughout Scripture, you know, candles had the fire had such an important role. You know what I mean? Like not not just you know lighting the path and the lamp into my feet, and and not just you know it, I mean it, it burned to consume the sacrifice. It, ref- it refined away impurities on weapons and on tools and on on vessels. I mean, there there's so many there were so many purposes for fire, and. And literally, it's it's one of those things that again we're, we're so technological. I mean, obviously, you know, we all have we, we have so many different lamps and lights and everything else that that we've we've lost certain connections to our to our biblical ancestry and certain significance that God has always used certain symbols that God's always used throughout time, like fire, like light, that don't really catch our attention that much anymore. And it's not out of any fault of our own. It's just it's you know it's it's more efficient to use light bulbs. You know, it just mm-hmm. makes more sense and it, you know it gives better light, but. But it's a great opportunity now when we have these kinds of these, these seasonal shifts just to do something different. And I guess that's what I'm, I'm always trying to impose up, um, with, with my friends and family is, you know, um, it, it's really easy to fall into kind of ruts when it comes to how, like, there's certain holiday traditions that are great. You know, they're, they're really wonderful. They're life-giving. Hopefully every family has them. But it's also easy to fall into ruts where, you know, the holidays just become, okay, we're all going to go to this house. We're just going to talk about this. Then we're going to eat. Then we're going to do this. We always pray this way. You know, and, and it's great time. To be able to, to try something different, you know, to, to, to spend more time praying, not, not just praying real quick once the food's already ready, but maybe take 10 or 15 minutes to family and have an affirmation session. Take 10 or 15 minutes and offer what you're thankful for, you know, to, to stop in the middle of the week and the four weeks of Advent to pick one night a week and you have a special family dinner. And maybe you read the upcoming readings. And, and, and honestly, if, if people, um, if they want help, I've mentioned this before, you know, we do, a, we do a free podcast through Life Teen. You can go into iTunes, you can go onto the Life Teen site, and you can download it for free. You can just listen to it on your computer. Computer, or if you have an iPod, you can download an MP3 player, and it's just a few minutes. It just kind of explains the Sunday readings, you know. And so there, there's there's things out there to help, but just it's a great opportunity to try something different and to do something different, you know. It, that that to to pull up the e-brake on the frenetic pace of life and just make yourself available to let God's light just just illuminate you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's an essential and we really truly need that. I mean, it's a cliche almost to say we need that today, but we need it we really do need it every day. Well, and that's that, again, that's what Adventists is it's Christ coming into our presence every day. That he, that Emmanuel is God with us. So, uh, uh just anything anything we can do to to make us more aware of you know, of Christ around us. You know, sometimes even say, I even say, you know, you give something up for Advent, you know, fast, do those kind of things. Like, well, no, that's a Lent thing. That's a Lent thing. It's not just a Lent thing. You know, uh, fasting is a, is a beautiful form of prayer. Sacri- you know, sacrifice is a beautiful form of prayer any day of the year. It doesn't have to just be seasonal. You know, and as you talked about before, Mark, it, it's important to remember that this is about not only reflecting on the past, but also looking forward to the future. But also, when we uh, go to the Eucharist, the fact that Christ makes himself present to us there, and uh, just, you know, just entering into that mystery, that it's the, it's the past, the present, and the future. You know, you hit the nail right on the head, and I, and it's just always like the like the, the kind of the cliches, you know, like you know his presence is the greatest present, you know, and Jesus Christ's mm-hmm. presence, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, I I would say that if you really want to, that the greatest gift, and I, I always say this to spouses and to parents, the greatest gift you can give your spouse, and the greatest gift you can give your child, is prayer. 
Mm-hmm. But there's no greater, there's no more intimate expression. Not, not even, not even renewing your vows in the in the in the act of of, of sacramental intercourse is as intimate as prayer. Mm-hmm. Right. That that prayer is when when you are just exposing your soul to the other. And I know that that's intimidating for a lot of people that don't pray with their spouse. I know that's scary, and and I know that it's sort of like, boy, where do I start? And I just it, I just don't know how. You just do. You just you 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 turn off the TV. You turn to that person that you pledged your life to in front of an altar of God so many years ago. You look them into the eyes and you just tell them again, not only how important they are to you and how much you love them, but you tell them what you need prayers for. And more importantly, you ask them what they need prayers for. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that honestly, that, that there are parents out there and, and they're, they're going to be running around shopping, they're going to be going all the different toy stores and other things. The greatest gift you can give your child is a prayerful and humble example of love. Is to become Christ to your child, and if that means if if you haven't been to Mass or you haven't been there in a long time, the greatest gift you can give them is to go, and to go with a smile on your face, and to sit as close as you can, and to work as hard as you can to enter in, and to work through any other issues that you might have with with you know with anything else along the way. The greatest, the greatest gift this Christmas that we can give to God is our total presence. And that might mean just our physical presence. If we haven't been going to Mass or adoration, that kind of thing, that might mean our emotional presence. Maybe we go every week, and maybe we, we do pray. But to be more emotionally present, not just, okay, I'm here, I'm going through the motions, but Lord, what do you want to give me? And, and, really, to, and really to get to that, la- that, that, that next level of the spiritual presence of, it's not about me. It's really about you, God, and about where you want to take me. And, and if we were able to do that, once or 50 times during Advent, that, that is what God is asking of us, is, is not only for us to be present to Him, but to allow Him to be present to us. Mm. So get involved emotionally in Advent. Absolutely. You bet. I think I'm going to go pray. <laughs> you always inspire me. We are very, very blessed here, Mark, because we do have a beautiful chapel called the Chapel of the Word Incarnate, and we have the Blessed Sacrament here. And uh, it's just to be able to go off and to be able to pray and to reflect and have that presence is just awesome. That is honestly that is so beautiful. We're we just we just now finished. Uh, we put it, we just built a brand new chapel in our Life Team headquarters here in Arizona, mm-hmm. and um, it's so beautiful. It's uh, my, I'm I'm literally eight feet from Jesus at all yeah. times. Well, I'd say you're going to love it, but I'm sure you know. <laughs> oh my goodness! It's uh, you know, not not having I mean, yeah, and obviously our, our other chapel was only about a mile up the street, you know, at the church. But um, just being able to just being able to go in at any minute, just fall on your face before the Lord is just is, is such a tremendous gift, and it was great. Yeah, you know, my uh, my wife Mel even brought her girls over, and just to be able to to be able to go in there and just to, and for them to just to, to you know to be able to, to for them to just be able to be kids. Mm-hmm. Before the Lord, you know, yep. so where, where you can teach them, you can really teach them about things like like kneeling and genuflecting, and and you know, honestly, um, and sometimes that's hard to do, you know, if, if you're if you're a crowded chapel, the church, that kind of thing, because you want to respect other people's prayer space and you want to be able to kind of talk and explain things, you know, um, you know, one of the things we we, we were doing for for Christmas it was that um we're gonna we're gonna take our our four year old and go to the church on a Saturday. Uh, earlier in the day when no one's around. And mm-hmm. we've just been trying to walk her around and explain different things to her in the church, like let her really look at the statues and look at the artwork and, and that kind of a thing, and, and really walk around and really feel as though she knows she, she's she been around God's house before, like it's hers, and that's something she's comfortable with, and talk to her about you know, why we kneel and when we stand and that kind of stuff. you know. And I think that if, if we all are more proactive in that as parents, no matter how old they are, 
that the that the better off like the the, the better esteem that our children are going to have when they go mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and the more at home and the more comfortable they're going the more comfortable they're going to feel in the course of a liturgy because they're going to feel as though they understand the significance of those things in the church and if we don't know those if we don't know much of the significance it's a great opportunity to go back to our churches again like it's the first time and just look around that's outstanding yeah, advice great advice yes right. Well, well Mark, for what you guys are doing. Wow. Oh, and you too. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for your help here. We really appreciate it, and we look forward to uh, breaking over more discussions. We've got so much more that we can Preparing cover with Advent. Preparing ourselves for Christmas. That's right. I mean, we need to talk about the Oantiphons. We need to talk about the fact that Christmas is really the first day of uh, you know Christmas. We're big on octaves here in the Catholic Church, and, and we'll break all those open too. That's great, and and, and like you've always said, if anybody has any questions, that sort of thing, um, just you know, email them in, shoot them in. Uh, 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 the more, the merrier. Let's let's we can, we can knock out ten in a day if we really wanted to. Absolutely, great. All right, Mark, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. God bless. God bless y'all.